All right. Hello and welcome to the Millennium Pod, a Star Wars podcast by me, Ari. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MillenniumPod underscore. Very excited to be back this week. We're talking about yet another book. Uh, Seems to be a bit of a trend lately, but that's because the Star Wars books are so good. Um, And I'm super excited because this week I'm joined by two brand new guests to the podcast. um, And we're going to be talking about the most recent Star Wars book release, The Princess and the Scoundrel. Uh, Spoiler warning. I'll just put that out there right now. This episode, we're going to be talking about the book in detail. So there will be spoilers. So if you have not read this book yet, go read it and then come back. Um, But yeah, without further ado, let's get chatting to my wonderful guests. Um, So y'all can go ahead, name, pronouns, where we can find you on social media. And because it is your first time on this pod, uh, a little bit about your like Star Wars story, how you got into Star Wars why you love Star Wars. Uh, yeah, so Sawyer, why don't you go first? Okay, I can do that. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm Sawyer. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and uh, I go by Sawyerism on the uh, social media platforms. I'll love them. <laughs> I got really lucky with that. Like, I, I didn't think I was, I, I, I got everything, even Snapchat. Don't, don't add me on Snapchat if you don't know. <laughs> um, uh, what do you say? What do I, what, how did um, I get into Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was always, I was kind of a tomboy growing up. I liked, you know, trains and all kinds of, you know, not that gender matters anymore, but, you know, yeah. I was very much into the quote unquote boy stuff. And my dad wasn't like a huge Star Wars fan, but he did like them. And I assume he's the one that introduced them to me. I'm not 100% sure, but I grew up with the prequels coming out and I just, you know, fell in love with Padme. She was my first character that I was drawn to and I always yes. wanted to dress up <laughs> like her. One of my favorite toys as a kid was a little uh, Padme doll. And I just, yeah I've been stuck to it ever since I would say like I I've always been a fan but then the sequels when they started coming out I was like wow it's so cool to be in a era where we're getting new Star Wars and Mm -hmm. that was what really hooked me back in and yeah that's so sweet I love love Padme Stan big fan of Padme on this pod um it's also it seems to be the trend everybody seems to be like yeah the sequels and or quarantine is what got me into star wars so which is great which is great um okay gabs hi uh, i'm gabs my pronouns are they them um you can find me on twitter at ava circler and on tiktok at gay for ghana um and how did i get into star wars so my dad introduced me to star wars when i was like four he showed me like the original six films because they were out by that point um I don't really remember much about that because I was so small but I do remember like sitting super close to the TV being like I just want to climb in there um (laughs) and then I was kind of a Clone Wars kid I didn't watch all of it growing up I watched like seasons one to three and I had the DVDs and I used to watch the episode in like season two where Padme goes to Rhodia and gets captured by the separatists and then Jar Jar pretends to be a Jedi and she escapes on her own because probably taught her how to pick locks I watched that on repeat all the time I was like that was my episode that I loved um uh yeah and then the sequels very much brought me back into fandom as well um I was like oh there's more Star Wars this is amazing um 
and like around that time was when I started reading Star Wars books. I'm pretty sure my first Star Wars book was actually The Courtship of Princess Leia, which is oh, like no. kind of fitting for this. And I didn't finish it because I didn't like it. And then I didn't read another Star Wars book for like a year. And then I read Lost Stars and was hooked. So like, yeah. it was okay. That solved all the problems. Um, yeah. And then when lockdown hit, I rewatched like all of the Clone Wars and I watched Rebels for the first time and I watched Resistance and I was just like fully back in the Star Wars brain rot and then in November last year I started reading The High Republic and that's been my entire brain since (laughs) yeah um that's pretty much it I love that yeah I I haven't read The Courtship of Princess Leia but I've heard interesting things about it so it's a wild ride like (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm glad we have The Princess and the Scoundrel because based on what I've heard about the other one, this one's a lot better. Um, I would agree, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, well, that's great. Uh, yeah, I also kind of got into Star Wars more because of the sequels, so I love love that everybody's just like, yeah, the sequels are great. Um, it's very nice, very refreshing. Um, but yeah, we're talking about Princess and the Scoundrel, which for me was a very anticipated book. Um, did they announce it on Valentine's Day or did I hallucinate that? I think they announced it on Valentine's Day. Maybe. It was definitely earlier. Or somewhere like somewhere around there. Anyway, from the moment that like got announced, I was like, ah, this is so exciting. Um Me too. (laughs) Mainly because I haven't always been like a Han Leia fan, and then I slowly was like getting more like hmm, I actually really like this and then I read um Beth Revis's like interview about the princess and the scoundrel and how she was writing it when when it was announced and the way she talked about them just like solidified for me I was like no I actually really like this couple and I'm really excited to read about them um so I thought this book was really good I really enjoyed it um for me I love like character driven stuff which this definitely was so I was just like highlighting annotating I was like oh yes character moment character moment um but yeah I would love to hear before we kind of dive into the the deeper chats about this book so to speak I would love to hear what y'all's impressions of the book were I I'm gonna assume you liked it uh if you just said yes to coming onto this podcast um but yeah I would love to hear you know just like initial thoughts I loved it this was very much like like I was super excited when it got announced and I've just been like counting down the days like oh my god Han Leia book Han Leia book this is very exciting because like I've always loved Leia so much she's my favorite Star Wars character and it was like all of her character beats in this book were just like so perfect and like getting to see her like process all the trauma and everything from like being in a literal war and then trying to transition to being in peacetime even though it's not really done yet Mm-hmm. and then like finding her footing in her relationship with Han and how that changes based off them not being in a war anymore was really cool to read and I've annotated it extortionate like there's so many sticky tabs <laughs> um yeah I mean I really liked it it's uh I feel really bad because I have been grateful and very lucky to receive the past like uh, four books that have been released um, as PR and this is the only one I've read <laughs> not because I didn't want to read the other ones but I just like didn't have time like I've been on 10 12 planes in the last three months so I uh, 
I know, I know I'm so busy. And so I felt really bad about it, but, um, this was the first one that I actually dedicated myself to reading. Um, and it was really great, kind of like a change of pace, right? Because we had a lot of prequels content coming out this year mm-hmm. and, or prequels adjacent content. And, um, we, even though we get stories about, you know, the time frame between A New Hope through Return of the Jedi or, you know, post-Empire Rising Rebels and all that stuff. We have a lot of Leia and Han, even with the comics and stuff, but we don't have a lot of stories of them together. And mm-hmm. so I was really excited to, um, it was kind of like reading a real life, like a, a fan fiction that wasn't a fan fiction, like, this is real, it's canon, you know? So, um <laughs> So yeah, I really, really had a fun time reading it, and um, I was really, really glad uh, to, it just felt like a change of pace for a lot of the Star Wars content that we're getting recently, um, and it was a fun ride for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with, like, the change of pace aspect, because, like, if you're like me and you try to consume everything that's coming out, including, like, TV shows, books, whatever, we've had a lot of, well, Obi-Wan specifically, which is great, Mm -hmm. which is great, um, but his stories are obviously going to be very different than what's essentially a romance in Star Wars. Um, and it is very different. It's, it, it still made me cry, but in different ways than something like the Kenobi show did, for example. Um, and yeah, I, I also like that we got to see kind of this era right after Return of the Jedi, because I've always been kind of interested in that, um, especially since I did just read Gab suggested, and everyone should try to read this if you can, The Shattered Empire. It's like a four-issue run. Um, That got me thinking about, oh yeah, the war isn't really over just because they blew up the Death Star. Um, Which is really interesting because as like the audience and as the fans, we're like, yay, everything's happy. We have the victory celebration, which is like one of the best songs in Star Wars, in my opinion. It's a party, there's fireworks. But we never talk about like the next day and the weeks after. So as much as I love this book for like, yes, Han and Leia, so wholesome. I love romance. Yay. I also really liked it for that aspect and kind of getting to see more of the like, I don't know what the word is, but like less of like this, like idealized, yay, everything's fine. And more of the like, okay, but what do we do now? Um, Which I found very, very cool. Um, Yeah, I guess since I kind of started this topic, let's talk about, well, we will talk about Han and Leia and their relationships and stuff, but since I just sort of mentioned this, let's talk about the the idea that the war isn't over and kind of Leia's attitude. We'll talk to Le- about Leia's attitude towards it first, and then we'll transition to kind of Han's attitude towards it. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear, I know you guys probably both have a lot of thoughts about Leia and how, how she feels about you know, the aftermath of Death Star 2 being blown up. Yeah, um, I have to be honest, like, I was pretty frustrated with her. I don't know if we can all say this, but I was pretty frustrated with her at the beginning of this book because she's supposed to be on her honeymoon and I'm on Mothma and everybody's like, chill out, have a good time. Uh, And like, from the get go, she's like, business, 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 I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna go to this other planet, we're gonna do this and that. and so it was a little frustrating, like, calm down. It's okay. Uh, it wasn't okay. It wasn't okay at all. Um, <laughs> but 
you know, it's kind of, it, it it's an interesting thing to see her grapple with this because the war is all she's ever known. Mm-hmm. And so she's, I think in some ways she feels like, you know, even though she recognizes that it's time to step into a more like ambassador like role and someone who is showing it's not hope so much anymore it's more safety security rising to become a public figure in the sense that she wants to bring all these new people into the new republic um but she doesn't know how to do that because I think there's a part of her that feels like without war, who is she? Um, and that was a really interesting uh, perspective to take on. And then we get to this part of the book, which is really towards the end of it, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, and she is ready to jump right back into action, but she, you can see this kind of wrestling she has with herself like how how can I be an ambassador when apparently there's so much destruction still happening that I haven't fixed yet and have I failed and am I doing this wrong um and that was really interesting to see and then the other thing that she's really struggling with is her identity right Mm -hmm. with uh being related to Vader and if you've read the other Leia books, you know that that comes up later. You know, she has a conversation yeah. with Han. Yes. <laughs> one day, one day, everybody's going to know. So how much good can I do before they find out? Um, and so that's kind of a really interesting callback to that book. Because that book came out, I think, was it Bloodline? I think yeah. it's Bloodline. I was like, um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see her. This is the beginning of how she becomes... The general organa we know from the sequels um mm-hmm. so yeah yeah gabs let's hear it <laughs> <laughs> um i don't think like i found her inability to like stop annoying personally just because i relate to that so much and i was like yo you're just like me for real like <laughs> you need to like learn that it's okay to like accept help and let other people do things for you and like I think she's just so stuck in the fight or flight of war that she doesn't like know how to like deal with being in like supposed peacetime like obviously it's not entirely peacetime yet because it's not done there's still like battles going on and everything and it's I feel like that almost makes it worse though because it's not one or the other it's this like weird middle ground of like trying to navigate how do you exist in this when you're trying to build a new government but you're still like fighting the dregs of the empire and it's just like very shaky and it's kind of just like if I think she feels like if she makes one wrong move she's going to screw it all up and like everything they fought for for years is just going to have gone to waste and I think like especially part of her feels like she needs to keep fighting so hard because her parents died for this and like you know like to keep their legacy alive um yeah and her relation like all the stuff with Vader especially having read Bloodline that just like it made made me cry so much because I was like oh the stuff you're afraid of exactly that is going to happen in like 30 years it's just like you are gonna lose it all and that's heartbreaking um 
so like her fears are completely like what's the word oh my god my brain is I don't know like but you probably yeah. get what I mean yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. no so once again I I don't know this happens like almost every time I record a podcast I plug bloodline like I I don't know it doesn't even sometimes it's not even an episode about Leia and I'm like you guys should read bloodline <laughs> it's so especially good especially for this um you should read bloodline i am justified in saying that on this podcast this time um because yeah exactly her fears uh spoiler happen it's not really a spoiler because it literally says that in the description of bloodline um when you when you look up the book um but yeah her fears her fears come true and that line especially where it was like um i have to do as much good while i still can just really like hit me it is nice, I guess, in a way, like, yeah, it all comes crashing down in about 30-ish years, but at least she has that much time, which is actually kind of remarkable uh, when you think about it, that that secret was able to stay a secret for that long. Um, thank goodness, but it is interesting. Well, And I just, yeah, it was just, like, very interesting to see her, as you both kind of said, like, grappling with, like, how do I live when I'm not at war um how do I continue to fight without fighting in like a physical sense you know like how do I transition into that ambassador role I sometimes I was like a little not annoyed with her but like sort of like similar to you Sawyer like a little bit like girl just relax you're supposed to be on your honeymoon um but then other points I was like yeah you go get them girl um I did the I did love the fact only Leia only Leia could convince a cruise director slash captain to just completely alter their entire course like only like maybe Padme but like and probably Brea okay let's be realistic Leia's whole lineage could do it but like so I I love that part and I especially love this is kind of going a little bit into like her and Han's relationship when Han was like why did you do this and she's like why did you back me up and he's like if you're running a con I'm gonna back you up every time and I was like wow the perfect man doesn't exist oh wait um (laughs) but I did love too that this book showcased kind of how they were how they're in this together and how Han was really trying to be like we're in this together. We're both navigating this period of post-war. We both don't really know um, what's happening, but we're going to do it together. And I did like that by the end of the book, Leia was kind of more like accepting that, you know, yeah, we are in this together, like me and Han, that's why we're married. Um, And I thought that was a really interesting journey for her, seeing her seen her kind of not really struggle but be like self-aware that she was trying to do everything on her own and then still continuing to do everything on her own to then finally like in the last act of the book being like okay we're gonna we're gonna do all this together um speaking about Han I thought his perspectives were very interesting especially I really liked that um Beth kept bringing up again and again his year in Carbonite that wasn't really something I'd like thought of before, but then the way it's like, yeah, he got unfrozen. And then a week later, the Death Star was blown up. Like he really wasn't there for so much of that period. Empire Strikes Back to Return of the Jedi. And for comic book fans, we know that a lot happened <laughs> during that year. Um, the whole war of the bounty hunters, Crimson Rain, shout out, really good. Everyone should try to read those two if possible. 
Um, but I did think it was really interesting that it kept coming up and that we got to see how much it affected him because Han is like this guy that's just like, you know, he's just like the guy. Nothing seems to phase him. But then in this book, we kind of get to be inside his head a little bit. And like, it did phase him. It scared him like so much. And I think he has a unique perspective of like, what the post-war is like because he wasn't there for a large chunk of the like war part I mean they're still at war technically um but yeah just the way he's he's kind of like time can be taken so easily he knows that from his year that he lost so his attitude is more like we'll do what we can, but we also kind of need to take care of ourselves, which is obviously really important for Leia to have a partner because she's just like a workaholic. Um, but at the same time, he's fully supporting her. So yeah, that's my thoughts on Han. That was like word vomit on Han. But I would love to hear what you guys think about Han and his like, his attitude towards, okay, we blew up the Death Star, now what? It definitely, like this book definitely made me think about him being frozen in Kabul in a different perspective too like I was like aware of that and my brain was like oh yeah like he lost all this time but I never like had truly thought about it like in depth until reading this and I was like oh no like that that messed him up because mm -hmm. like it's literally like for everyone else that was like such a long period and for him it was like a week and then it's just like oh it's suddenly done mm -hmm. and like Luke was just like farm boy Luke before and then suddenly he's this like Jedi like yeah. when did that happen yeah um and like everyone's gone through all this development and he's just missed it and then he doesn't suddenly has to catch up on all this stuff and like I really love the moment where Leia and Chewie were saying goodbye and she was like saying to him like thank you for being there for me when nobody else was and Han was like what when was no one else there for you and then he was like oh when I was gone and he's like yeah yeah that that was very emotional moment it was cute though it was cute <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um I think I think yeah we don't think of Han as typically a character who acknowledges his own emotions very often uh you know he's kind of a typical man in that sense um, <laughs> um so it was really interesting like you don't associate Han with like being afraid and um I, 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 I point to one particular moment when they're in the water going to look at the, um, the, the Black Tower. And um, there's a moment where Beth writes, like, he froze in the water because the cold reminded him, the piercing cold reminded him of what it felt like to be frozen in carbonate. Um, and Leia lost him for a moment. And then he came back and I really liked that moment because um, that it's really difficult to convey what PTSD and trauma can look like in someone. And I felt like that was a really beautiful interpretation of it. I find a lot of times in media, I think people in general don't have a very good understanding of what trauma can do to somebody mm -hmm. and um as someone who struggles with that I always am really like touched in a really personal way when there are scenes in um it it, it happens so rarely so that moment really struck me because uh it's hard to do on screen I think it's even harder to do uh in a book and so 
um that was that was really I don't know I that really hit me in like a really positive way and that sounds weird that it would be positive but like um it was really um yeah it was like kind of therapeutic in a way to have someone like Han obviously no one should have to have that but um Han is human he has these feelings and he went through something really traumatic that we kind of gloss over because we just see it as a plot point that got us to Return of the Jedi um but that's you know what that's why I love Star Wars books so much because it gives so much more depth to the characters we know and love and like someone asked me I think it was in a live stream a couple days ago like oh what's your like favorite piece of Star Wars media and I oh I I have to go to the books always because we I so rarely these days I'm gonna turn on Empire Strikes Back. I would rather read a book like this because I'm gonna get so much more and it makes the character so much more human and so much more grounded. And I just sorry to go on a tangent, but like no. those are my <laughs> thoughts on that. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. The books, like the books do I mean, I, I love the movies. Everybody loves the movies, but like the books, you're so right. They do so much more and it's always so awkward when people are like, oh, you're reading a Star Wars book? Because uh-huh. I they just like, <laughs> yeah. and like, I get that reaction because they're like, they've seen, you know, the movies and they're like, you're reading that corny stuff? And it's like, you don't understand. They're really, really good books. Like, have you read really The High good- Republic? I mean, right? Exactly. That is dark. Right? It is not a lighthearted <sighs> adventure. The High Republic, I firmly believe, like, you don't even have to have seen Star Wars to be able to enjoy The High Republic because it's mm-hmm. just. Oh, I recommend it to so, so many. Good. You know, people that's what happens like that reaction like every time I'm on a plane or something and I'm reading mm-hmm. a Star Wars book I'm like what are people thinking but yeah um I have recommended Light of the Jedi to so many like casual Star Wars fans and mm-hmm. I gave my whole set I'm missing it it's not on my shelf I'm oh always no like, where are my High Republic <laughs> I shipped my entire set to a friend of mine who is a total bibliophile but not like a huge Star Wars fan mm-hmm. and I was visiting with him last week and I was like okay I need to know your thoughts he hasn't finished them all but he was like I I love it it's so good I'm like Pfft. yeah Star, Star Wars, Wars books are amazing Star Wars works so well in books because you have you know the sci-fi elements the fantasy elements the human stories and I feel like because the theme of Star Wars at like as a whole is like the hope theme found family and that just it works so well when you can explore that in books because the like hope and like finding your people and stuff is such a like emotional thing that can sometimes be hard to portray like on a screen where you're not inside the character's head but in the books we like get in their head um which is so cool and even like force lore is so much cooler in the books um because you get to be like wow this person's connection with the force is so good um but yeah. It's like in, in the High Republic, learning how like each individual Jedi sees the Force and the way they all have like a different way they interpret. Like yeah. that was so cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. and even yeah. Um, in this book, like we got to see more of Leia and her connection with the Force, which I just thought was so I cool. Love and I'm like a huge proponent of let's talk about Leia and her connection with the Force, um, because it's it's always glossed over. Um, and like I get it Luke's the Jedi and Leia doesn't want to be a Jedi per se although I did like the one part where she was like I can't be 
a Jedi or go with the force because I'll be too close to Vader, which like fair, that is very fair kind of emotion. But then there's one point where she's like, or maybe I should and just be better than him. I'm like, yes, we love this petty, petty girl. But I, yeah, I love that we got to see a little bit of the force with her and she's starting to explore a little bit of the force we see with, uh, in like the final-ish battle scene when she's just like, kind of just like lets go of everything and is like help and then this massive sea monster shows up and helps them I'm like yes she has connection to animals (laughs) um yeah I I was really happy that we got to explore a little bit of that I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on Leia and the force but um well I want like we need and I'm sure it's in the works I'm sure it's in the works because it has to be we need a Leia's Jedi story yeah yes Um, yes that I think we're gonna get it I think that is I I, that's not far off from what they're planning I think but yeah um it's kind of funny and uh I do not say this as a criticism whatsoever of Beth Reedus but it's very clear that she is in tune with the fandom and engages very much with uh fan fiction and headcanon and probably Star Wars Twitter Um, (laughs) but you always you always see like fan arts and stuff of like oh Leia is so much like her father and Luke is so much like their mother and this book definitely emulates that and I love it it's like oh you know whenever you see a piece of media that's like "Mm, they definitely read that fan fiction um yeah no it was just especially the one point where she's like she's like she let go of control like asking for control of the force and she's like maybe she wanted control because that was what like vader wanted as well and then she's actually like kind of okay with that realization which i did also think was kind of cool that she's kind of she still hates him she still like doesn't want anything to do with him but she's kind of getting to that point where she's understanding that it doesn't matter that he's her biological father that doesn't influence her um because by the time we get to bloodline which is like 30 years later she's like yeah he's my father I can't forgive him like Luke can but it's kind of irrelevant to me like it's still a part of her but it's like she's not letting it take control and we do kind of get to that sort of like near the end of the book which I was like cool I love that (laughs) um I liked at the end when she realized that like all this time she'd been trying to like reach out and grasp something like like in the rest of the world like for the force when like mm-hmm. the whole time actually it was within her like she needed yes. to like like that was a good moment. Yeah I thought that was very very force like again we get more of the force in the books so we just need to read we need to read more we need more books. I also uh, this talking about Leia's Jedi story I would also love like a comic series or a book about the year between the last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker which is obviously training Rey because oh, be I so would good. I would actually die for that probably <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um Talking about Ray and Leia, I had this realization after I finished the book that like Bray and Leia both like I really hope that Bray talked to Force Ghost Leia like to help her process the fact that she was related to Palpatine because they have so many similar experiences there. 
um, like with being related to someone that the galaxy at white hates and that they both have strong personal reasons to hate because like both of these people had a hand in the murder of their parents mm-hmm. and like actively traumatized them both and I just like that made me like both very happy and also wanted to cry <laughs> yeah that's actually such a good point I hadn't even despite how much I love both of them I hadn't even thought about that connection yet but you're so right now I need that too add it to the list <laughs> Lucasfilm please <laughs> oh wait we could do like a they could do oh my gosh they could do a book where it's like the juxtaposition of Leia's training with Luke and Leia and Ray's training with Leia Oh, and like oh. Jewel, Jewel story. Yes, yeah, yes. Have parallels and it flips. Oh, that would be, that would so, be good. so good. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Lucasfilm, please listen to this podcast and get our ideas. That would be so good though, because there are so many parallels and they're all so good and I love them. Now I'm, now I'm thinking, now I'm thinking very end, hard about this. end with something about like Leia's lightsaber, because like, hmm many thoughts this is a good idea i don't have a lot of them but (laughs) (laughs) thinking many thoughts many thoughts are being thought right now let me let me come up how many contacts can i get you know call out to the star wars community do you have a contact with lucasfilm (laughs) publishing yeah someone someone must hmm Hmm, how do we get i could Um, call mark thompson but i don't think he's gonna help me Uh, oh man. Okay. Well, shall we talk about, you know, the, the main point of the story? Well, it's probably not the, well, it's kind of the main point, which is of course, Han and Leia's relationship. I would like to talk about it from like both perspectives. So like Leia's relationship to Han, like from her perspective, and then like Han's relationship to Leia from his perspective don't really care what order we talk about it in but I will let you guys speak first um whoever is feeling compelled (laughs) not really like about their relationship more just like little things like between them oh yeah like Han in this book continually like notices Leia's eyes and I think that's really cute like he's so focused on her eyes and it's Mm -hmm. just really adorable and also the way like throughout the book they keep using touch to ground each other which is like it's so cute and I'm like you two get each other this is adorable I will say I know I said I was gonna let you guys talk first but that made me think about also near the beginning of the book he or when, when, after he asks her to marry him, he's like noticing her talk or her, like she smiles and it's like a smile that lights up the galaxy or whatever. And I think it's interesting. This is like Han angst. Um, I think it's interesting because in Most Wanted, which is a YA novel about Han and Kira set like Ugh. a little bit before, um, whatever that movie is, Solo. Um, he also notices her smile like multiple times and like the things about that which leads me to believe that this man is just so sad and lonely and never has anyone smiling at him or happy to see him which does kind of check out with like his reputation throughout the galaxy and I don't know I just I just when he's talking about Leia's smile I was like I love that that's something he notices about the people that he loves and I'm just like Han you sad little boy I'm so happy you have someone now 
Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> For now. Uh, no, I mean, this, this, I, I feel like, you know, yes, this book was about Han and Maya's, you know, like the peak of their relationship and how much they love each other. But on a really bittersweet note, I feel like what this book does for their relationship more than anything is highlights the fact that they can really only be together as long as there is conflict that brings them together and that's a theme that we've kind of seen throughout all stories with them in canon obviously he decides to stay with the rebels and that's how they stay together and then he wants to leave again and then she you know it's just we, we see this back and forth and back and forth and then we get to the sequels and they're apart because there hasn't been war and what brings them back together the war so <laughs> and I think that because there's a there's a line in the book where I think it's a Han chapter where it's right after they have their little squabble on the Halcyon, um, where he's acknowledging that, you know, they're constantly going in two different directions, but something always pulls them back to each other. And unfortunately, I do think a large part of that is conflict. Just like Leia is, seeks or, or feels like a large part of her identity is within war, um, I, their relationship is kind of centered around um, the conflict with the Empire and then eventually the First Order. And that's really sad because you, they love each other so much. Um, and they know that inherently they both can walk away from a fight and be like, oh, but he loves me. Uh. But uh, yeah, like it's just, it, it's especially sad knowing how the story ends for them. And you know, I, I, I love it, but it's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That also makes me think about like their relationship, like in, in Bloodline, because they're apart from most of that book. Because Han's like off doing like the Five Sabres tournament, which is a um, like pilot race, and like Leia's in the Senate dealing with all of that. And like the thing that makes him come back is when she gets outed as Vader's daughter, and then like, um, on her mission to Sibensko, he like swoops in for the save because it's a very cute moment. But like, it is. <laughs> again, it's like conflict that brings them back together. But also their relationship, like in Bloodline at that point, is still like I think very healthy. Like that, they talk they talk to each other on Hollows all the time. Like they're apart, but they're still like very much together in the distance. I feel like that's when you start to see the cracks because like you can see the distance is wearing on them and mm -hmm. like not being together all the time has an impact and then it just like after that because that's like five years before the sequels mm -hmm. and then very soon after that is like when Ben falls to the dark side and everything just explodes yeah and I do like it is so painful but I understand like it makes it makes a lot of sense to me that after Ben falls to the dark side that they do kind of they're way more separate um I like I'm pretty sure they're still married like, so, like I don't think there's like Star Wars divorce but <laughs> um but it, it does make sense and even in the in the Force Awakens they're like having their little reunion chat whatever and they're like I think Leia's like we had to deal with it in our own way which makes a lot of sense to me given what we know mm -hmm. about both of them like they're both very committed to the things that like they care about and they're both very committed to each other but obviously you know when you're dealing with something that tragic like the loss of your child you're gonna revert to 
whatever you can like bury yourself in. And I do think because they already had that separation um, that we start to see, it just, it makes sense, especially given the fact that, you know, even on their honeymoon, which is supposed to be, you know, their time, uh, they're still putting, putting themselves second um, to like the galaxy. And I think ultimately that is kind of why the relationship has its demise. But also the relationship is very unique in that like they're separated, but they, it's not like there's no like animosity. And when they come back together, it's very um, like a good reunion. Someone also pointed out, I think it was, I think it was Emily that she's wearing her wedding ring in The Force Awakens. Um, she wears it like the whole sequel it's it makes me like, <laughs> that makes me want to die a little bit but in a good way um speaking of the ring this is completely side note but another point in this book where I was like wow Han really is the perfect man is when she's like I didn't think you'd notice that my ring was missing and he's like I didn't notice but I noticed you were sad and I had to figure out why so I could fix it and I was just like oh my god that's so cute oh my god <laughs> um but yeah, it is, it is, I thought Beth did a really good job of writing this as like a sweet romance, um, expanding upon, you know, how much everyone loves them in the originals as like this, this perfect, you know, brought together by war couple. Um, but also she, she did put some things in there that, that make it like, you know what, I, I get why they ended up as they did in The Force Awakens. And the same thing was when I read Bloodline, I felt the same. I was like, you know, I get it. It sucks, but I get it. Um, yeah, I wish he wouldn't have died in The Force Awakens. Who knows what would have happened. <laughs> but also I get why that was a choice that was made, but also pain. <laughs> but also Harrison Ford kind of hates Star Wars. So, I mean, I'm not surprised they got rid of him as soon as they could. <laughs> or let him go, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We have more, mm. more Han Leia thoughts. I'm trying to think there was another point where I was like, I do, I do like that a lot of this book was just like, well, it was interesting because going back to talking about the whole thing with the carbonite, I feel like a lot of this book was Han being like, I have to be there for Leia and I have to help her because she loved me that entire year that I was frozen in carbonite and I lost all that time to love her and to support her. So I feel like subconsciously he's like extra, like I will do whatever you want, <laughs> um, whatever we need to do, which I thought was interesting. There was a lot, we got to see emotional Han in this book and it was that was good. Mildly unnerving at first because, you know, he's supposed to be this, like, as she calls him, like, the roguish man, <laughs> the scoundrel. Um, but he's actually just, like, a big softie and big sweetheart, which I liked a lot. <laughs> also, like, all the Kira mentions in this book just made me feel so feral like, the fact like Leia literally told him that they met like I was like <laughs> I love that she she used that moment though to be like to be like yeah she like told me that you were a good person basically I was like yeah and oh also gosh. like 
let the record show I am a huge Han Kira stan like the <laughs> angst is so real but like I also need to be made known that like for that time period you know like I'm not like mm-hmm. upset that he ends up with Leia because I think that that is perfect as well like Han just has like two very interesting relationships um and I'm so glad that we got the Kira mentions because I was just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> that and all the like Bale and Bria mentioned were like what was I was like oh my god this is everything mm-hmm. but also all the Bria and Bale mentions at the wedding the wedding like <laughs> when she can feel Bria putting the sword on and like Bale kissing her on the that made me cry so much <laughs> I was not okay <laughs> yeah it was beautiful but it was so sad it was it truly was um Sawyer what are you thinking what's thoughts I heard you you kind of it sounded like you want to say something about Kira (laughs) (laughs) sorry you know it's been it's been like months since I've been on a podcast so it's been like oh yeah um but uh Kira oh my gosh (laughs) lover also hater you know it's like so true so when I read that is there like is there a comic where they meet because I was not aware that they Mm -hmm. yeah so they meet well so Kira basically acquires Han in Carbonite shortly after Boba takes him and then she holds an auction as like the grand re-entrance of Crimson Dawn um and she has like all the syndicates show up the empires there and then they're like trying to steal back Han. it's like that's the war of the bounty hunters arc it's really entertaining gotcha. it's just like okay. all these people trying to steal um Han back I don't think they interact in that arc but then later in Star Wars something 20 something I think uh she ends up like interacting with Kira because the whole thing that's happening right now in a lot of the comics is that Crimson Dawn is kind of like resurfacing after uh, Empire Strikes Back like Kira's kind of bringing it I don't we don't know how it ends yet the third like installment of this like Kira Crimson Dawn miniseries comes out in the fall um, but yeah it, essentially all that to say they meet up at some point in this because Kira's causing like chaos for the Empire it's actually quite entertaining um, she's just absolutely like I'm going to make this a nightmare so that I can swoop in and save the day which obviously leads her to meet up with Leia and they do whatever. Um, I haven't read that one in so long. I actually kind of forget what happens when they meet, but yeah. So they did meet and I, I guess, according to Beth, they talked about Han, which checks out. I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's hard to say. I don't know if I would call myself a Han Kiristan. Their relationship was really great but you know that end of is just so ugh, I don't think I can forgive her uh but um I I find it interesting how I think Kira really played a huge role in dictating Han's life um mm-hmm. he she changed I, she and Beckett both really changed his perspective on how the world works and how humans work Mm -hmm. and I without Kira he wouldn't be able you know you keep you keep mentioning like oh Han's the perfect man he wasn't (laughs) he was not no he was Um, not and so every time we see a moment like that I think back like oh my gosh this is because of Kira because she wounded him (laughs) 
she did uh not just physically um so <laughs> it's hard for me to go like oh yeah kira but like at the same time you know we got to give her some credit right because mm-hmm. Han would not be this perfect husband for leia if it weren't for her i don't think so yeah um, it's an interesting foil to keep bringing her up or an interest it's it's a reminder right it's like mm-hmm. he's been through this and you know i I, I, for one, I love Solo. I've always loved it. And so I think it adds so much to his character. And yeah, it, it's really interesting to see how that gets brought up in, in current works. Uh, I, I wish we got a sequel, but uh, yeah, you know, make Solo happen. I went to that um, meetup at Celebration. I got the pin. Like, please. <laughs> Wait, there was a meetup for that? Yeah, there was a meet. Make oh Solo meetup. And they, like, these people, I think it's, it's this podcast. I'm blanking on what podcast it is, but they've, like, kind of started this movement and they, they were hosting it and they were giving out, like, stickers and pins. If only, if only. It was so funny. Um, yeah, no, Solo's great. It adds so much to Han's character. And I do agree. Let me also caveat that when I say like, oh, Han's the perfect man, I do think that's largely influenced by the fact that he's written by a woman in this book. Um, because there was like a lot of things I'm like, wow, I this is just so beautiful. And it almost felt <laughs> like that brings up an interesting point. Cause at the very beginning, like the whole the proposal and the wedding, like that almost didn't feel like Han. And I think it was because he was written by a woman and this like that's the exact reason I was like this is not what I'm used to but yeah who better than to give him a sensitive side Um, (laughs) yeah yeah. no I definitely agree especially like I think one of the reasons why I didn't used to be like a Han Leia fan was just because I I think that Solo and now this book and a lot of the comics added a lot to his character that makes me appreciate him way more in the original trilogy movies um because he I I I think it has like genuinely added to it more I think like these movies came out in the 70s and 80s like I do think he was just meant to be you know the macho cocky man you know that's just kind of like you're like okay you're kind of an asshole but it's fine um and then all this external media has made me be like he's actually such a softy and so sweet and so nice um so I totally agree. It, it felt a little bit strange, but then I just kind of bought into it and I was like, so true, Beth. Han is the perfect man. <laughs> um, yeah. You guys have other thoughts um, about Han Leia? Gaps? <laughs> I mean, this isn't really related to Han and Leia. It's kind of like about Han, Leia, and Luke. But oh, you know yeah. the tree that they get married by? Oh my gosh. Like, they, they keep talking about how it has these, like, three branches that are interconnected, but ultimately go in different directions. And my room is like, oh my god, is that a metaphor for Han, Luke, and Leia's relationship? Because, like, they're intertwined, but they all ultimately go in different directions. And I'm just like, hmm, that's heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking, actually, when you think about how this is, like, sort of, like, the sequel to Return of the Jedi, in a sense. Yeah, they did not, they did not hesitate. Actually, one of my favorite scenes in this book is the marriage, but not because of the, like, oh, they're getting married, but, you know, like, if you guys are familiar with my content, it's very, uh, it's science-related and, like, uh, I, species-related, and so, um, I'm not sure if I'm gonna do like a review of the book because those never get any views but <laughs> I'm going to make a video about like 
Ewok marriage customs. Um, yes. Because that really, that was like one of those things I latched onto because I love that stuff. So that'll be, I think my like, you should read this book. <laughs> here, here, here are some interesting facts. Um, but yeah. That has absolutely nothing to do with anything we've talked about today, but that's just... I mean, we do need to talk a little bit about the wedding before we wrap up, because this book was marketed as the wedding. Like, the original promo was like, you are invited to the wedding of (laughs) Han and Leia. Um, Yeah. Did you guys see that art that they released the day of the... Oh, it's gorgeous. Yes. Oh, it was so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Her dress. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. I love too. The one thing that was really funny is that Lando's like, here's this Alderanian jacket that you can wear. And then Han brings that up like at the end of the book. And Lando's like, like, no, "No, it wasn't. No, it's not. And Han's like, damn it, Lando, which is just so funny. Uh, Love Lando. (laughs) Um, But yeah. I also really liked, um, this is again, not really exactly like what we're talking about, but we're kind of just throwing thoughts out now. So that's cool. I did love like Beth's attention to like other media in this. Like mm-hmm. there was a lot, a lot so of comic book references, which I thought was really cool, especially given that, you know, uh, certain creatives at Lucasfilm don't really care about the comics, which I mean, is fine. I get it. TV and stuff is supposed to be above the comics but it always feels like Mm -hmm. the comics are kind of thrown at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of like priority but Beth really said comic book rights um, with this book which I thought was really cool I loved that we got uh, a bit of a mention of Poe's parents in this book because I think (laughs) I was like wow about that (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah so that was cool. Obviously, the mm-hmm. whole thing with Kira and the yeah. Han thing, the Carbonite thing. It just, it's it's cool. Um, and it was subtle enough that, like, if you hadn't really read the comics, it didn't matter. But it's kind of like, oh, cool. <laughs> Little in there for you if you have. So yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I remember when, when they introduced, like, Alicia back and they were like, ISB officer with a blonde bun I was like oh my god you just survived Andor and it's in a book how cool and then it wasn't her but like <laughs> I thought that too that I thought that too thought. I was like wow she survived a long time um but no but that's okay mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> okay. Uh, also Leia dancing with Thane that made me uh, have like a whole moment I was- wait a second did I miss that yeah, she. Yeah, it's like it's like, from Han's perspective. I have the book right next to me. Hold on. It's on. I I tagged it. it here. Let me tell you what page it's on. Um, it's like they're dancing, and it's from Han's perspective. And he he's like, say, he only says like Kyrell. He only says Kyrell. Yeah. He's like, oh, I can't find it. Um, it's like, oh, Han could see Leia dancing with that like rebel soldier. Something like Kyrell was his name um it's on page now oh. Thane exists outside of lost stars it's amazing yeah exactly it's like so exciting to i me. think i let me see it it was i i was like yes oh it's page 74 there we go i found it oh yeah page 74 what does it say 
Yeah, Lost Stars shout out. Another book that I always tell people to read on this podcast, apparently. It's so good. Apparently, I didn't tag it, but yeah, it says, currently she was dancing with a young rebel fighter, Kyrell. Han thought his name was. He wore black Jalukin armband of mourning. And as the song ended, Leia oh swept her seat before him. Oh my I'm gosh, like, I didn't like, even notice that. The mourning band for Sienna, though. I know. I was like, sick Sienna reference. But it's really sad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So anyway, Thane exists in more than one book. It's great. Um, uh, Claudia Gray's impact. Claudia Gray. <laughs> it's the Claudia Gray universe, and we're all just living in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, the fact that they just left Luke alone on Andorra's Wedge, like Wedgley confirmed that it was there <laughs> on their own. Like, they were like, we're going to go on our honeymoon. You guys can hang out here on your honeymoon. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, towards the end, like all the stuff with Keylad, when they were mentioning like, um, what's it, thermal oscillators, I was like, oh my God, this is this is all about Starkiller Base. Like, what? That's yeah. crazy. And I was like, he is the chance Yarrow of this era. Like, ew. Gravity oh. manipulation. <laughs> yeah I do I did like that as well like that we're already like we're art the war's not even over and we're already seeing how everything's gonna fall apart again in both their relationship and just like the world um heck <laughs> why can't yeah. people be happy in Star Wars ever oh man yeah also another random little detail is like um all the Madurs like locals using like their cloaks to like embroider like the map of like the station it reminded me of Sasha and Yane during the battle of Naboo when they used like strips of fabric on the bed frames oh. to like make the like officers pattern and I was like that's so cool this that's is- so true I didn't even connect that oh I love I love I love when Star Wars parallels itself which happens a lot um right. but it's always so good mm-hmm. yeah Clearly, I'm very behind on my canon reading. <laughs> <laughs> Queen's Peril, you should read it. It's amazing. I'm very gay. <laughs> oh, speaking of gay stuff, Zoma and her affair with like lesbian affair with a member of the um elder houses that made me feel very feral for a moment. I was like, oh my god, was it Carice? And then I realized the timelines didn't match up. But like for a moment, I was like, Carice, Sydney, lesbian confirmed. But no very sad <laughs> yeah I again with like the mentions to like other pieces of canon because this book could have like she very Beth could have very easily just like written a, this book as just like the plot that it was without all these little gems but she she shouted out a lot of other works which I thought was really cool subtly um but yeah Queen's Peril the whole Queen's trilogy honestly Padme's the best. So good. The handmaidens are the best. Um, you will have angst if you read Queen's Hope, but it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I guess this is we've covered everything I had on the list for today. Um, so I guess we'll just kind of try to wrap it up a little bit. But uh, this is this is what the part of the podcast where I say speak now or forever hold your peace so any last thoughts um on this book that you would like to share 
Uh, random little thing is mm. as an autistic person I think Leia was like very autistic coded in this book and that just made me very happy I was like like the whole thing with the mask I'm like you're literally describing masking in text and I know you probably didn't mean it that way but I'm taking it that way mm. um and like she's like stimming so much in all these little points which obviously like everybody stims but it's more common in autistic people and I was like this is so cute and also you could just take it as her like channeling her anxiety which is very valid but I'm gonna choose to see it as she's autistic because I can hell yeah, yeah. I love that <laughs> that's so sweet Sawyer any last words <laughs> any last words um hmm. <laughs> wow I really am rusty gosh sorry <laughs> no it's not for I just I want to make it very clear this has been a very fun time for me I just I'm so (laughs) rusty like hopefully you'll have me back on again because I think this is I think this is the only female-led podcast I've been on well I am besides my own which you know was kind of a not great um, I, let me say I loved it I know you guys oh my gosh. For very long but I did listen and I thought it was really fun and if you guys Maybe ever did like a, a little like reunion I would listen <laughs> I I would like to do another show sometime I don't know if it's going to be quite the same but maybe one day maybe one day um but yeah I think this is the only yeah it's it's just I mean this is a unfortunately it's a male-dominated space in a lot of ways but yeah um this this was so much fun like I, I I'm sorry if it came off like it wasn't but oh, like no. <laughs> it was like I just it was so refreshing yeah but no oh, I'm so I'm so glad I I was able to do this so um and I'm so glad I pushed myself to you know of all the books I'm so glad I pushed myself to read this one because it was really yeah. fun and it has a little bit of action in there I don't know if you guys read the um author's note but uh, she she mentions that her son wanted more explosions and she did not add them uh, but <laughs> I, uh, I think it it's yeah I, I just yeah I'm so glad I did this and I'm so glad I signed up for the pod like this is this is so much fun and I am excited to see if we get uh, some more some more Leia novels in the future um, because yeah this was this was a really fun ride well thank you for coming on. Um, I'm also happy you signed up. Um, and Gavs, thank you for coming on. Thank you for tweeting about how you had to be on somebody's, <laughs> somebody's yes. podcast for this. I was like, someone ah. let me come talk like, about I'm this. I'm claiming you for this. Um, no, this is great. Um, I also now know if I decide to do a bloodline episode, who to invite on. Um, I will talk about that. Book. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thank you guys both for coming on. Um, this was very fun. We had some good chats. Um, if we have no more else to say about the book, we will say farewell. Last chance. This is the real speak now or forever hold your peace. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, to anyone who's out there listening, um, we appreciate you. Be sure to check out these two lovely people on social media. I will put all their stuff in the description. Um, please feel free to reach out to any of us, uh, unless you're going to be mean. And no, just don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, hope everyone who's listening uh, is having a great day, night, morning, evening, whatever it is, wherever you are listening. 
thanks for listening. Um, and as always, of course, may the force be with you.